right today is october 11th 2022 <laughs> see procrastinating king of procrastination now i'm gonna be reading a new book i think i have finished my father son son johnson um it was a little bit of um just pretty challenging <laughs> to get through the last bit because yes the book did, did um what should i say while reading the book it did i was lost for a minute in that i was not connecting with the story anymore however the ending of the book and, and frankly the book wasn't delivering to me what i felt it had delivered when i was a youngster and first read the book in high school so i i that compounded the whole procrastination and delay and i just did not read it um, for a while but then um, i powered through i was actually thinking of abandoning the whole project but that wouldn't have rested well so i powered through to the end and i was happy that i did because the ending of the book was pretty um emotional uh, it delivered at the end all right, so I'm moving on today to this book by the name of Born for Dead, B-O-R-N-F-I, as in, as in for, or to, dead, to die. All right, if I should um, translate this book into English, it would be Born to Die. But it's called Born for Dead, B-O-R-N-F-I-D-E-A-D, Born for Dead. And it's written by Laurie Gunst. And it says, A Journey Through the Yardy Underworld. Now, Born for Dead, I had read, and apparently there's a little thing down the bottom here that says, A Real Eye Opener by some, some place called Time Out. I guess they wanted to, to affiliate it in your mind with Time Magazine. I don't know. And the back of the, so on the front of the book, it's a white cover uh, with a picture, of, very pixelated picture of three yardmen um, which should which should send the, 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 the imagery to your mind that these are three gangsters and around the back is black oh and the white the front has the color the red the yellow and the green the rasta color so it's a lot of rasta color on this book and the back the back is black there's a picture of Bob Marley uniting the hands of Edward Siaga and Michael Manley at that famous um, concert that was kept in Kingston back in the 70s, I think. And it talks about, let me read the back of the book. Laurie Gunt's reportage brilliantly traces the tangled nexus of Hollywood gangster movies, corrupt pol party politics, archaic class structures, and trans-global cocaine routes that fed into Jamaica's nomadic criminal posse by somewhere called id magazine now my, i should be using a reading glasses because the thing look fuzzy but i'm gonna try and power through because i'm not that old among the ex the ethnic gangs that rule america's inner cities during the late 80s and early 90s none of the impact of the jamaican passes spawned in the ghettos of kingston as mercenary street fighters for the island's politicians the passes began migrating to the United States just in time to catch 
and ride the Krakokin wave as it engulfed the country. Then in red writing on the black background it says, in the superbly gripping bond for dead, journalist guns finally lifts the veil from Jamaica's quasi-ideological street strife during the manly Siaga years to reveal the only lasting legacy of these rival politicians. That is the drug passes. And that's by Timothy White, author of Catch a Fire, The Life of Bob Marley. And another person um, is quoted as saying, brilliant. And that person's name is Linton Quasi Johnson. And then now, the Kingston Gleaner has a quote here that says, a fearless expose, expose I guess. But it's just an expose without the, the, the whatever over the year. A, a fearless expose of the connection between politicians and gunmen in those fateful years when PLP and JNP Mali and Siaga battle for national power, the Kingston Gleaner. So listen, it is PNP and JLP, but for some reason, and I don't think this is deliberate, I think this is a typo on the book cover itself. It says for those faithful year when PL as in Labour, P, so it's the People's Labour Party, and the JNP, which would be the Jamaica National Party. But it's really the People's National Party, so it should be PNP and it should be JLP, not JNP. It should be the Jamaica Labour Party. So the book has a... Uh, this should be a tragic end to read in this book, but I've read it before and it was okay. And someone in a discussion referred to this book, so I thought I would buy it. So I bought it off Amazon and despite this apocalyptic <laughs> error when the PLP and JNP there's no PLP party in Jamaica and there's no JNP party so what the heck are they talking about this ap apocalyptic era I'm gonna go ahead and read so the acknowledgments starting on the page here it has let me see a couple chapters as well I don't like to figure out the chapters because then it's just gonna make me anxious to get it done um, let me see if there's any acknowledgments or forewords or anything that I'm skipping through. There's a for Brambles, Trevor and Shenda and the sufferers of Kingston, past, present and to come. Alright, published in the United States, blah, 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 blah. So those are some blah, blahs. So let's just go run into the acknowledgments if we need to read them. As this book defined my life through 10 years of research and writing, it created its own small world of supporters and friends. All right. You're going to find I'm going to start commenting as I read these books. Um, that's just my thought. First thing come to my life, I've been 20 years in Canada. So when you reach my age, 10 years is not sufficient for you to be an expert on any society. But 20 years ago or 30 years ago, looking forward, instead of backward, I would have assumed that 10 years was enough. So I'm not going to indict. So I'm going to go over. As this book defined my life through 10 years of research and writing, it created, it created its own small world of supporters and friends. The encouragement and criticism filled me, lifted me out of the isolation every, every writer knows. To Jervis Anderson, who believed in the work 
in this work at a critical moment i hope a special thanks philip borgois and borgois borgois and terry williams colleagues in the field of street what is ethnography understood the peculiar way joys and sorrows of working in the underworld of drugs and gangs they read the manuscript through countless drafts and shown their own considerable light on what has become a dark path what was sometimes a dark path two different meaning tj english and sam chitom are friends and veteran journalists with tough minds and compassionate arts they listened and lent their own superior wit flo o'connor coordinator of the jamaica council for human rights spoke with me at length about the history of political violence in her country i'm indebted to her for her insights and courage i'd like to thank harry sorry yeah harry frank gottenheim okay i'd like to thank the harry frank gottenheim foundation for providing support during the final stages of writing the manuscript benefited from a master's seminar at the foundation in march 1993 at which the following scholars represent basil wilson gustavo goriti anita waters Ainsley hamid philippe bogois philippe kaczynski and robert trivers i'm especially grateful for the kindness shown to me by karen Calvard and Joel Wallman, project directors at the foundation. All right, going into acknowledgements. Well, look like we're finished acknowledgements, so we're going to go to the introduction. Introduction. When I began working on this book a decade ago, I conceived of it as both a work of history and a traveler's tale. The story of Jamaica's political gangs and the record of my journey into their Lambrith. Lambrith. Lambrinth. Lab Labyrinth. 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 Already and I'm not gonna keep going. Labyrinth. Lab Labyrinth. <laughs> this story began in the ghettos of Kingston. A chessboard of war zones and human pieces. For as long as the majority of Jamaica, Jamaicans can remember, politicians have armed and paid Kingston's most notorious gunmen to enforce their rule in the capital city's thronged slums. All right, pause. You're going to hear helicopters, you're going to hear planes, you're going to hear the wind. I should have made this um, preface, you know, before uh, this. What should I say? Uh, let me just make a declaration that this is going to be noisy. The, the quality is going to be crappy. You know, we're not too spoiled. <laughs> we're too spoiled. Everybody needs to do something in a studio with no noise in the background and soundproof walls and background music and all of that stuff. Let's go old school. Let's, if anything, if we need any sound effect, have a little can here. That sound effect. Now, if you can use a sound effect for gunshot. All right? Old school. All right? So, there's not going to be any studio production here. All right? Noise is going to be there. And the voice is not the best. It's not um, Barry G, the boogeyman. All right? And, um, <laughs> right? Uh, it is Kermit the Frog. Miss Piggy! I love you, Miss Piggy! Yeah! Right? So, all right? Kermit the Frog. We're going to read this book. 
and it's going to be noisy and the production is going to be crappy all right so bear with me and if you bear with me to the end hopefully both of us will come out one book more knowledgeable having said that i did read this book years ago but i've forgotten it completely so i bought it brand new off amazon and it's already dog years and i'm just starting to read it because it traveled with me everywhere because i plan to read it i actually think i took it to jamaica from january from when i bought this book yeah i think it traveled to jamaica with me i was in jamaica with me for months and it's been traveling back and forth and i haven't read it so now it's dog years and look like it's bent it's torn practically it's torn up and i haven't read it yet so i'm gonna read it now and don't mind the talk and the high octaves and the low and the low and the low and the low decibels uh, the low baritones because at the end of the day um it's not an insight into my crazy mind if i should give you an insight into my crazy mind you yourself would go crazy so just bear with me so that i can get through this thing and yeah, I'm going to switch from Patwa to English whenever I am aware that I'm, I've gone a little bit too far and lost anyone who don't understand Patwa, then I will, once I'm aware, I'll always switch back. But I wanted to do that disclaimer because, you know, people are so critical nowadays about the presentation of things as opposed to what the, the content or, the, or, the, um, or what it brings, you know. Can wrap up doodoo in a nice, nice wrapping paper and they love it. But give them something of value and a brown paper bag and it's like the worst thing. Anyway, am I complaining? Nah, not like that. Nothing personal. Alright, da 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 da. Alright, so we talk about cities strong slum, about the the, the politicians using the gangsters to enforce their authority over the slums in Kingston. The worst of the violence came between 1975 and 1980. Yeah, I remember, but we'll talk about that. It's all, um, it's all subjective. So it seemed to me, as I set out on this journey, that the AD of the gangs was in the past. And I thought that the saga of the passes, as the gangs have, been come, to, have come to be called, ended where it had begun in Jamaica. When I moved to Kingston in 1984, the downtown ghettos were quiet and the sufferers and the sufferers, the or the honor the honorific title, the honorific title that Jamaicans give to the poorest of the poor, the ones with the courage and resourcefulness to endure, were still recovering from the undeclared civil war in the 1980 election. The death toll from that campaign has never been officially tallied, but Michael Manley, Jamaica's Prime Minister at the time, dedicated his 1982 book, Struggle in the Periphery, to the memory of 750 people who died so needlessly, many in the first flower of youth. This was his epitaph for a generation that was sacrificed to the fires of Jamaica's political strife. All right, all right. So let's say this. Forget, I forgot to even put this part further. I hear that this book was banned. I, reading it, I can't remember. I can't ref, relate to why it was banned when I read it, when I kind of go back to my memory. But I have a book named Gangster. 
that is probably just as exposing but they said that this book was banned someone can comment <laughs> comment hashtag below comment and let me know if they have heard anything about this book being banned it's called born for dead by Lori gunst reading the introduction i began moving with the sufferers at a time that's no no the font is terribly fine and the printing is not sharp it's not my eyes it's not because i age anybody buy this book tell me if i lie me telling big art anyone who buy, buys this book tell me if i'm lying the font is very is like the, the, the ink um leaked it wasn't sharp and it's 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 pixelated just like how the front is pixelated that big pix it's almost like a very good book probably people trying to preserve the goodness of the book the quality of the book with put having a good presentation but the actual text the font and it's just very very which is actually superb it's actually ap applicable and, and perfect for the fact that i'm not doing a production quality thing so book but um <laughs> bad production quality great content just as i said before all right so i have to take my own advice so treat the book with the honor that it deserves all right blah 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 blah. where did i i began moving with the sufferers at a time that superficially resembled a period of healing and peace it seemed like a good time to begin writing the untold story of the tribal gunmen who had fought for manly and edward siaga is our tribal the sikh the lad god the secret some symbiosis the secret symbiosis symbiosis between the politician and their mercenaries has always been a dangerous subject in jamaica but it seemed a little less so after siaga had defeated manly and his new right-wing regime began restoring the island to america's favor but the lull was ominous and deceptive Even as I sat in rum shops and tenement yards watching young men light glass pipes of crack instead of the ganja they would have smoked in a mellower time, I was already hearing the first rumors of an outlaw exodus to the American promised land. The rankings what controlled Kingston from Manly and Siaga through the 70s were leaving their ghetto hell for the cities of the United States, transforming their island gang alliance into mainland gang passes drug passes this is a story without an end as i write this introduction placing an arbitrary pronunciation mark in an ongoing saga i have just spoken with a reporter from the miami era lizette alvarez who called this morning to interview me about yet another passing massacre this this time four people were shot dead at the Dade County Dance Hall, at a Dade County Dance Hall. One of the victims was a girl who was celebrating her 17th birthday. 18 people were wounded when gunmen opened fire with the Glock 9mm handguns that have become the trademark weapon of the gangs. Alvarez told me the Miami police were still uncertain about the motive for the shootings, but they thought the fight was sparked when two men from rival passes argued over who had fathered a woman's child. The U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms has been tracking the passes since their mainland debut in the early 1980s and now 
and it now reports that the gangs have killed 4,500 people in the United States since then. 4,500, that's 4,500 people in the United States. The gunmen began migrating to, to America just after the 1980 election in Jamaica. By the time Kingston top ranking mercenaries had already begun trafficking in home-grown marijuana and trans-shipped cocaine. They soon branched out from Jamaica into the American market and the money they made from the drug trade snapped the leash, the leash that had once bounced them to their political... Alright, let me do it. And the money that they made from the drug trade snapped the leash that had once bounded them to their political patrons. The party leaders, menaced by an outlaw underworld that they could no longer control, turned the Jamaican police loose in the ghettos to execute their former paladins. Paladins. This reign of terror sent posse men by the hundreds on the run to the United States. They brought with them a killer enthusiasm honed by years of warfare with one another and the police. And when they came onto America's mean street, they were afraid of no one. Their timing was superb. The Jamaican passes quickly proved themselves indispensable to the Colombians, the Cubans and the Panamanians who controlled the supply of cocaine and needed street-level dealers to sell the cheap new product called crack. All right. I'm going to stick a pause this again. And the reason why is I might need to go for my glasses. Or at least drink some coffee. But let me keep going. But so far, I tell you this, I like the way how Laurie Guns um, write. Um, it's not boring to me. I might be reading it boring, but I'm sorry, I might be articulating it boring. But reading it to my mind, she, she put the thing together, she stitched it together nicely. So good job so far. All right. No, I, I don't even know if this thing recording, and if it's not, damn man, because if you go read over this, whew, it is recording. Twenty-two minutes, good. All right, probably stop at the thirty-minute mark, even if I'm not done the introduction. Cause I have some appointment to take care of today, but I really wanted to start this because procrastinating, procrastination is my middle name, and my first name, and my last name, and my pet name, but I'm a procrastinator. All right, da 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 cheap new drug, uh, crap. But long before the passes began migrating to America, they were learning bad guy style from Hollywood. These island desperados uh, are the bastard offspring of Jamaica's violent political shit sim. System, but with the shit. All right? As the Rastafarians long ago dubbed it. You know, the shit sim, they say the Rastafarian dubbed it, but you know, I got that term. First time I heard that term was a bridge in Pirate. Let me go finish this and then I'll go back to Pirate. System, as the rest of friends, long ago dubbed it, and the gunslinger ethos of American music. Movies. They are the Caribbean cultural hybrid. Tropical bad boys acting out fantasies from the spaghetti western, kung fu kill flicks, Rambo sequels, and Godfather spin-offs that played nightly in Kingston funky movie places and flicker constantly behind the young men's eyes. The posses, the posse men see themselves as Clint Eastwood in Dirty Area, Al Pacino in Scarface, or if they are old enough to remember the 1960s, the, ram, the rampaging misfits from Sam Pakipa's Pac 
Kinpas, Sampe Kinpas Wild Bunch. I was captivated by this crazy synthesis between Hollywood and Jamaica's Johnny Too Bad Renegades. It was my way into the culture of this outlaw world. Alright, so the shit sim. Let me talk quickly about that story before I forget when I first moved to Canada 20 years ago, 2002. I was doing pretty well in Jamaica. I was the IT, acting IT manager and systems, systems officer, they would call me, um, for a large corporation back there. Uh, so much so, the, 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 the Gleaner company wrote an article about me, about a young man who beat the ads. But I used to listen to Motti Perkins a lot, and Motti was saying what I could understand about the shit steam and about the corruption. At that time, the PMP was in power. It was being led for more than a decade by... Um, yeah, the country was being led by the PMP, and at that time, it was being led by PJ Patterson. And um, I just felt that I was more of a JLP man at the time and wanted Edward Sierra to come back in power and do some do us like Singapore, you know, economic independence and all of that. Sierra, the PMP was more like a social party while Sierra came across me as an entrepreneurial party and I just thought that that's what we wanted. So when Motti Perkins would talk and he would talk about the, 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 the man who plays by the rules gets shafted or, or, you know, just and his laughter and his sarcasm. I would not feel contented in Jamaica. And that was one aspect of it. The other aspect was the, the crime. The crime at the time, to me, that's why I said it's all in perspective. It's all about perspective. At the time, to me, could not get any worse. It clearly has and will always be worse in comparison, but it could not get any worse. And I just thought I didn't want to bring up a family in such a society. My son had, in quotes, migrated to the States and um, from my previous relationship. And um, I wanted to give my family a more stable society to live in. So Canada became a, um, a place that, well, it came on my radar through the point system at the time where you could, you know, file for yourself as a professional. My wife was finishing up her degree at the university there and I was doing pretty well as an IT officer and a manager, acting manager at a large corporation. And I was being sent overseas for training specialized training. I was a Microsoft engineer. I was a Novel certified administrator. I was a Lotus No certified administrator. Um, so I, I, I had good specialized um, training under my belt. So I could file for myself and come to Canada as a qualified um, professional. So why not? You know, this small island, I felt that I needed to see more. I had no, in my mind, I always say every Jamaican is a superstar, and I, I felt that way, that we are all superstars. I also felt that um, we could accomplish anything anywhere on this planet. Someone said Jamaica put the world on the map, and that's how we feel, because 
there are so many superlative things that comes out of Jamaica. There's actually right now, I just scanned yesterday or this morning, and I saw uh, this morning, Africa, Queen Africa, rebutting Sean Paul for saying that reggae music didn't come from Jamaica, it came from Africa. I don't know how Sean Paul can say that. Uh, well, let me take that back. I understand why he could say that. And some guy named Stone Boy, who I don't know who that is, just to show you that I'm not current. But I, I can understand how Sean Paul could say that to some extent that because when you listen to the the music coming out of the continent of Africa from different some of the different countries and different nations especially Ghana you would want to say wow that's on reggae but then if you check out the art sound dancer sound Jamaican reggae but so you want to say Ghana precede Jamaica so to speak in our mindset so maybe it came from Ghana but then when you do the check out the history of reggae music, you realize that it could not have come out of Ghana because the history of reggae music was that the music came out of Skia. And it was a change up of where you put the emphasis on the beat. And Skia came out of Jamaica, not out of Ghana. So, you know, it, there, may have been, there is going to be African influence, clearly. But a lot of the, someone who was very close to me, Ansel Collins, he was one of the first persons to have a top I think was a number one on the British charts Ima Ansel and Dave they had uh, Monkey Spanner and Double Barrel where back in the day when the man was just do 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 dum hey dum 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 come on do 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 dum hey one more time dum dum you know that kind of thing and then Ansel would do his thing so Ansel there's a book that I read called the history of reggae music I think uh, Jamaican music and it is it gives Ansel the credit for putting that little funk into what was raga and contributed to the whole skia sound which became reggae with Bob Marley and the Whalers. You understand me? So um I'm professed by Bob Marley the Whalers. So Ansel was one of the men who put a little bit of a a funk beat based off the history of Jamaican music and how close Ansel is to me. Well, Ansel is actually my son that I had talked about earlier, I referred to earlier. He's my son's um, uncle. So when I was dating my son's mom back in the day, she lived with Ansel in Garvamead. And I remember I used to write, when I give her cards, I would write little love notes in the cards. And one day he called me up and he said, hey, Wagwan, I see you write some backside something to the effect. Notes here, yeah, you have some lyrics where so you left this one, yeah, man. Damn. Man, you're full of lyrics. Me need if you write a song with me. And he said, I have a song. I was coming in on the plane because Ansel was playing with Jimmy Cliff, one nest band at the time. Him, the keyboard man, same always touring with Jimmy Cliff. He's even in the movie with Jimmy Cliff and um, Robin Williams, I think it's called Club Paradise. See, but all he seems to do is walk off the stage like a bad man. Sir Collins is the nicest person ever come across. Most caring person. You understand? He always a bag of people pick me over females. Everybody pick me up a females. In fact, my wife's parents had passed, so she was more of a half one. So she, that's how she ended up living with them. And that's how I ended up getting to know them. And him said, yeah, you need to write a song with my man. I have a song. I was coming in, the, coming in on the plane and this tune in my head, but I need some words to it. And him start hum hum some words. And he said, 
And that's how we, we came up with a song called I want to give her some red roses Red roses I want to give her some red roses So maybe if you Google answer Collins Or I think he call himself Santos Something like that Santos You'll see a song named Red Roses That I had a little part in um, In writing I divert You're going to have to deal with me on the rabbit trails So because All this has to do with the shit sim So I'm moving to Canada So um, I don't even know how I got there, but so I was moving to Canada and decided I'm gonna move to Canada. Didn't know anybody in Canada that I could live with anyhow, but there was this gentleman on a website called the, the website was called negril.com and there's a gentleman called The Pirate. And um, The Pirate was a Canadian glass installer. And um, we somehow became friends. So we became friends with ah, while the company UDC had sent me overseas to train. In Columbus, Ohio. I remember after finishing up some exams, I put out on the negril.com message board that hey, this is Shay. I'm in um I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I finished my exams and I have nowhere to go. Where do I go? Anybody in Columbus, Ohio can tell me where it's a good place to hang out and then a sister in mine, Laura, like Laura Guns, I guess. Um she reached she's a firefighter, she reached out and she said, Yo, I'm in I'm in well, she wasn't a sister then. We just knew everybody just knew each other, each other from the board at the time, from the message board. She said, hey, Shay, you're in my neck of the woods, man, in my neighborhood. Um, da 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 da. Yeah, you know, and I became friends with Laura in so much so when she came down to Jamaica, she actually came and visited my home for I think two days. And we took her around Kingston to show her the other side of Jamaica. And she was amazed because she was always going to Negril, the tourist side. So when I took her to our home in Kingston, we had a home in Spanish town, in Jamaica's. And she said the real Jamaica, the people actually going in the car and going to work. She said traffic of people going to work, not people sitting on the beach trying to sell her anything. And she, we even took her to the mall and nobody paid her any mind. And she's like, when I'm in Negril, I can't walk in peace. I said, no man, when you're in Kingston, nobody gives a crap who you are. You could white, black, pink or blue. We're a, cosmopolitan uh, country we are out of many one people nobody knows that you're a tourist you know people just walking by her and she so she saw a different side of Jamaica she saw the industry not the industrial side the, the 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 regular side not the tourist side I always say that people who go to Jamaica and go only to Negril or Ocherius or Montego Bay or come in on a cruise ship and go back and say they know Jamaica would be like me going to Disney World and coming back and saying, I know America. And everybody in America just walk around and wear a long dog or Mickey Mouse head and, and just sing songs and prance around, you know? That's just the attraction. Tourism is our attraction, just like how in, uh, what a place your name, Disneyland, uh, the Mickey Mouse people are the attraction. So you can't go to Negril Montego Bay or Ocherius or any tourist place for a week, two weeks, however long, a month and then say you know Jamaica, you don't because Jamaica, have so. in fact even if you go to Kingston you still don't know Jamaica because that's just your, that's just that nucleus area right there there are so many different spots of Jamaica and so many different cultures within that culture it, it will blow your mind you understand? so anyway, moving on 
So when I tell Laura, Laura became a, friend, a good friend when I told her that we're going to move to Canada, but I know no, I know no one in Canada. She said, well, you have a guy on the, the board, man, him named Pirate, the Pirate, always up in Negreville. He's from Canada. I'm going to connect you with, with Pirate. So Laura connect me with Pirate. Uh, by this time now we have gone through the file system, we've gone through the point system and now we are we are um, approved and we're gonna do a medical and we're gonna get the documents. I think we probably had reached that point, got the documents. I, I can't remember at what point because there might have been a requirement for us to provide uh, proof of where we're gonna stay. Now I had a boss from my previous job at Maya Fletcher and Garden who had gone up before me on the, pri the, the point system. She was a CFO. And she was a mentor to me, God rest her soul, awesome lady. So she had vouched for me for an apartment in a city called Mississauga. So I sent my money. I think I had to send, I don't a six months rent. I think I had to pay down six months rent to get the apartment. Because as an immigrant, you have no credit, this, that, that, that. Now, while it's illegal for the landlord to take that, I didn't know. So I just send the money because I just want to get to foreign, right? So I will pay down that for the apartment, but the apartment wasn't going to be ready for like a week after I was supposed to leave or planned to leave to come to Canada. My landing day was July the 12th, I think. So, and, and the apartment wouldn't be ready until July, August the 1st, right? So um, I had to stay with somebody for a week or two. And that was the pirate. So Laura introduced me to the pirate. The pirate lived in Hamilton, Ontario, um, 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 Steel City, Amatown. Pirate is an older white guy at the time. His father was in his 50s. We're a, a ponytail like Willie Nelson. That's my story. And I remember him sending me a message as we were corresponding, and he said, He doesn't go to Toronto because, you know, Oh, it's not the system him calling it, you know. It's the shitty. I'm mixing it up. I tell him all this story but for the wrong reason. It's the shitty instead of the city. He says he doesn't go to the big shitty. S-H-I-T-T-Y, not the big city. Now I remember, see? All right, I'm going to pause and get some coffee so I can be more, um, more cognizant. <laughs> but yeah, it's the big shitty. So he said, I don't go to the big shitty, you know, but I'll come for your shit. And I remember that's when I went and you can spend a, the, the week or two or whatever with me. And I remember this man when I moved to Canada, which I skipped out a lot of the story. When, when this man come at the, the Pierce Airport, the man came with like his a Chevy truck with a blue bonnet, a green door on one side, a red door on the next, a black tailgate. That was how I rolled into Canada. So anyway, that is my Canada and it should have been the shit sim, but it was a shitty story. <laughs> In more ways than one, right? Anyway, we gotta move on to get this thing finished. So we're back into the introduction. Back to Lori Guns telling of um Born for Dead. I moved to Kingston to teach history at the University of the West Indies, but my real purpose was to write the secret history of gunmen and their links with Jamaica's elected leaders. I had been going to the island for almost 10 years, long enough to know something of downtown Kingston from reggae musicians and Rastafarian elders, the lyric poems or poets of rebellion. But it was a far cry from backstage encounters with Bob Marley or Jimmy Cliff to the ghettos that spawned their music. 
a distance measured by the boundaries of color and caste. Years before I came to UA, a visiting Australian lecturer was stabbed to death at the Palace Movie Theatre downtown by a famous criminal named Donovan Chinqui, a half-Chinese outlaw who had worked on and off for Edward Siaga's Jamaica Labour Party. They get it right this time. No one on campus had forgotten, forgotten this slain, and my colleagues warned me to stay out of places where the sufferers lived. Not one of us had any reason whatsoever for venturing into certain parts of the city, said a timid East Indian professor from whom I rented a house. And if we do, we get what we deserve. Us and them, the line of demarcation, never to be crossed, that separated the downtown poor from the fearful but fortunate uptowners. All right, I'm going to pause there. And please, just, just bear with me. I forgot to get coffee or tea or water and this introduction here longer than I thought but probably rightfully so because it's entertaining to me so going pause probably put a little bit of music blah, 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 and like a plain music and thing I might not come back today because I have an appointment to figure out today and but I'm very happy that I start born for that today October 11 I think 2022 and I'm going pause here and figure this thing out in terms of how to present it Thanks for bearing with me. And do just let me know if this thing I make any let me know if this thing makes any sense to you or no. If it's add any value or entertainment or it does not. Alrighty? See, as I promised I would go into my English when I uh, I wonder how I sound to somebody who don't who is not used to patois. I, I wonder what I sound to people who is used to patois. I wonder if I sound ignorant don't it to me when i listen about my podcast them i sound like i can't read oh uh, so i am going to end it here and uh, um podcast ending for the day i have bigger and better things <laughs> my boss lady just come through the door so i'm i'm speaking loud i have bigger and better things to do <laughs> so i'm gonna end this here and um one love and I will follow up with the introduction shortly. Born for Dead by Lori Guns.